If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Welcome to the Fade Route with DNZ. Here are your hosts, DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z and it's a huge show. It is our first birthday. Our first anniversary. Woo! Happy birthday to us. I wanted to get a Carvel cake, but uh, you know, I just forgot. Fudgy and the whale, man. Fudgy, fudgy the whale. whale but, but I was going to go for the football, but you know, hey, you know, Fudgy the whale would have been a good choice too. Um... First things first, we want to thank all of you for joining us on the ride. And we could not be more grateful to you for that. And we hope that year two is even better than year one was. And we will do our best to make that happen. Um, On a more somber note, we want to make sure that we pass along our thoughts and prayers for those affected by Ida, tropical storm and hurricane. You know, Louisiana once again hit hard. The, the Northeast hit pretty hard uh, the other night. I've had some flooding. I know I lost power. So, you know, it's hasn't been a, it's been a slow go and it's definitely been rough for a lot of folks. And there is a, a, a hero's tale that came out of this and it is from Ricky Ricardo not uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz but the Spanish language broadcaster of the New York Yankees who saved John Sterling from being flooded out in Edgewater, New Jersey Ricky Ricardo left after the Yankee game, John Sterling left first, tried to get over the GW Bridge and received a phone call from John Sterling's compañera Susan Waldman saying that John was trapped and since Ricky was from Jersey maybe he and maybe he could go sell help out John and possibly save him from drowning and Ricky Ricardo in his Jeep got over to Edgewater New Jersey and got John Sterling to safety before getting back home himself uh, reiterating the story much better than I ever could since he lived it on WFAN so well done mr ricardo you are a hero 
to not only Mr. Sterling, but also to Yankee fans worldwide. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. Happy first birthday. And wow, um, didn't didn't know how this was going to turn out when we first started it, but I'm glad that we're here. Um, it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, big thank you to all the guests we've had that have been nice enough to come up on the show all the listeners and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna spin it as as long as we still get views and listeners we're gonna keep spinning it it's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week Uh, we're getting right into football season now, and that's really our bread and butter. Uh, we can we can even start off the show just talking about football. Mac yes, Jones, sir. Mac Jones beats out Cam. Wow, I love Cam. I felt so bad about this situation, even though Cam told me not to feel bad for him. I still feel bad <laughs> for him. What is next for Cam? What does he do? What does he go from here? So I, I just want to know, how did you translate that rune font that he uses? Because it, it looks like hieroglyphics, man. Like, did he send you like a little uh, a little translation guide or, you know? No, I, he, sent just... me, he, he sent a DM to the show. He sent a DM to the show. He knows I'm a big <laughs> fan and he knows I've, I've supported him all from the 15 and one days with Carolina. Uh, went back to see him play both the Baltimore Ravens about five years ago. Uh, it's my guy, man. I love Cam. I mean, I, I was a big, I was a big fan of him when he was in college. I mean, he's not my favorite quarterback or my favorite player, but I just always was impressed with his size and uh, and just his ability to, you know, take hits from linebackers and, and defensive tackles. And you know, he's like that big. He's like he's a, he's an athletic Big Ben, I would say. And uh, I just feel terrible for him. I was rooting for him. He uh, he was on both of the fantasy teams that I won champions with, championships with. He was on those teams. He's either a starter or a reserve. So I uh, just I just feel bad. I mean, I just oh, I just absolutely. Can't, I, you know, it you know it seems like the Tim Tebow conversation from a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, are there thir- are there thirty two quarterbacks better than Cam? I don't think so. Are there sixty four quarterbacks better than Cam? Definitely absolutely not. not. Uh, I made a quick list of teams that I think should sign Cam. Do you want to hear the list? Do you want to hear the list? Fire away. I want to okay. hear this. Let's go. Uh, I mean, I think I think the Baltimore Ravens should sign Cam. I mean, he could be back up to Lamar just in case Lamar gets hurt. Whenever you have a running quarterback, there's always a threat of concussions or pulled hamstrings or them getting hurt. I think Cam could fill that role very well. Okay. How about Pittsburgh? Pitts, you know, because, yeah, they have been, but... We think Ben's either done this year or next year, right? So Pretty much. So Tomlin and I think Tomlin and Cam would get along really well. They have a decent line, good receivers, rookie running back. He could be the heir apparent or at least compete with the heir apparent, right? Um, how about how about the Colts? I mean, they got a Wentz's foot hurt, got all these things going on. They The Colts are ready, okay? So if you have... They have a great line, right? 
Um, assuming Nelson comes back and he's good, they have a decent set of skilled players. They only just they only got to beat Tennessee. I mean, right? I mean, Texans aren't the Texans and <laughs> yeah. Jaguars aren't really sporting that much of a competition there, right? And no, then my la- my last one would be maybe Seattle, maybe right, maybe. I'm, I'm, you know, I just feel like he'd fit that culture very well. He's an upgrade over Geno Smith. I mean, listen, at the at the end of the day, it happened. He got caught. He's not with the Patriots anymore. But we talked about this with the Jets, right? The Jets needed to bring in a veteran to push Zach Wilson. I feel like New England only had Newton there to push Mac Jones. It was never a competition. It was more of let's bring him in here. Let's bring him back. One year deal. Let him push Mac. But Mac is gonna be our guy because we think Bobby's we think he's ready. How happy is Bobby Hoyer, right? I mean he's oh, walking in the, he's walking into the quarterback room every day being like, uh oh. I got no shot. I got no shot. And then where am I going to go after this? Back to Cleveland? I'm sure he was, I'm sure he was on his knees. No, they don't want his bullshit. No, there's, there's no way. There's no way the Colts are dealing with his bullshit. But I can imagine, I, if I was Bobby Hoyer, right, I dropped to my knees and just, like, opened up my arms to heaven. Like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, baby yeah. Jesus. Well, uh, you got to think about like what really felled Cam Newton, even if they wanted to keep him, was availability this preseason. Like if you look at Mac Jones's numbers, right, thirty-six or fifty-two, three eighty-nine, one touchdown, no picks. He played one hundred and seven snaps, right? Newton only had twenty-one pass attempts, fourteen to twenty-one, one sixty-two, one touchdown, one interception. The numbers are definitely, I mean, in thirty-nine snaps. Uh, that's pretty decent. Absolutely. If you're looking at completion percentage, sure, it's up there. But clearly, Bill Belichick wanted Mac Jones to take the reins. He de- That's definitely the case. And if you look at last year and what he was unable to do with Cam Newton, move the ball down the field. Cam Newton, his arm was shot last year. And uh, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Trust your eyes, people. He could not complete a pass downfield. It was Drew Brees level bad. So can he catch on with another team? Absolutely. Is he better than Brian Hoyer? Yes, he is. Is he better than Jared Stidham? Yes, he is. But this is the way they want to run their offense. And those two quarterbacks fit how they want to run the offense better than Cam Newton. I don't want to hear that it's racially motivated and somehow, you know, Bill Belichick is a racist because Cam Newton is not the backup. He, he has three guys who fit his system better than Cam Newton does. I like your list. The Texans were bandied about. I don't get that. I don't like that. It's not a good fit. I'll throw out the Dallas Cowboys. I've seen the Dallas Cowboys. They could certainly use a backup. Cooper Rush is your backup right now. Uh, behind Dak Prescott, and we are going to order up the NFC East later, boys and girls, so we're definitely going to have more to say about Mr. Prescott, but you're telling me that Cam Newton wouldn't be a better fit as a backup to Dak Prescott? Absolutely he would be. Uh, The Chargers, wouldn't he be a better fit than whoever's behind Justin Herbert? It was Terod Taylor last year. Terod Taylor is now the starting quarterback in Houston, so cut Mariota, cut Peterman, sign 
sign him in the Raiders. Like, go go play for the Raiders. You're telling me he's not a, as well, good. Well, where's Mariota? Is it Mariota in, in Oakland? He, he's in Vegas, yeah. Oh, he yeah, definitely yeah. is. He's in Vegas. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, there. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that Mark Davis or Mike Mayock or Chucky have done something strange. It's the Raiders. It's what they do. I mean, even something crazy, like, it, go chase a ring. Go back up Mahomes. Go to Kansas City. Like you're not gonna play. If you play, it's gonna be for like a victory formation. But you'll get you'll be there at the end. And we'll just, also be I mean you know. the only the only thing is is I wonder if this is a pride thing. Uh, like I wonder if it was like more or less the conversation was, all right, Cam, you know, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Mac. Um and I'm gonna leave it up to you. If you'd like we can cut you or you can stay on as a backup. I wonder if that was the conversation they had. Because I think Bill Belichick respects Cam Newton, and I, I would think that he would give him that option, right? And yeah. maybe that's the thing, is that Cam thinks he's a starter in the league, and he didn't want to be a backup, and he thinks he's got a better chance on the on the waiver wire. That could also That could also be it. That's true, and there's also there were incentives within his contract that he would have earned 5.1 million if he was healthy and on the roster. Incentives could have bumped that up to 13.6 million dollars. So, if you're gonna, I mean, it's the New England Patriots. They're going to find a way to kind of save as much money as they can. We've seen this before. Another team. I mean, let's keep it hyper local. The Jets and the Giants. You're telling me that he can't be brought in. I mean, the Jets. They definitely love. Zach Wilson, but to push him a little bit, your backup is Mike White. Your James Morgan is your third string quarterback. But you're telling me that they couldn't bring in Cam Newton to kind of refresh that room a little bit. And I personally would love Cam Newton as a backup over Daniel Daniel Jones before Daniel Jones over Mike Glennon. They're two different quarterbacks. That's two different ways to run your system. At least with newton backing up jones you can run similar sets like that is something that makes a lot of sense to me and i know you mentioned the washington football team as well in the past that also makes a lot of sense from the standpoint of you know fitzy's also kind of mobile like cam's it's a good fit it's a good mesh and also ron rivera is there so I, i don't think that cam newton is going to be without his suitors but i think they're gonna I think it's definitely going to be more of a, a make good contract than something that could be lucrative, as lucrative as $13.6 million. Yeah. And the, the I think the worst part is Ron Rivera actually said the Redskins are not interested. So he, he's not, yeah, he's not going to be going to Washington. But uh, hopefully he ends up on a team. But one guy that, another guy that's not going to be playing any downs this year for the team that he was in camp with is J.K. Dobbins, Torres ACL. Does this prove McVeigh and LaFour right about playing players in the preseason? Uh, it, it definitely, it, it's definitely in their favor. I mean, Rodgers didn't play. You got an extensive look at Jordan Love. Like nobody played for the Rams, and you know injuries can happen at any given time. So it's hard to say with any degree of certainty that you know. It's guaranteed that somebody would get injured if they played. That's just not. That's just not possible. You can't make that kind of blanket guarantee because you can get hurt in practice. How many guys have had their knees blown out in practice and they're they're done? 
Like Edwards Hilaire got hurt. He's coming back, but he got hurt in practice. He didn't get hurt in a game. So you know, I get the caution, but I think it's important for you to take the hits and take the hits from guys who aren't on your team and take the guy, take the hits from players who are actually not just trying to vie for jobs. who actually have jobs in this league because then it won't be a cheap shot. You had plenty of guys. I, I forget the training camp player. I forget what team it was. Cheap shot at a court, uh, cheap shot at one of his teammates got cut. I think it was Seattle. It might have been Seattle, but that's kind of what they're known for up there. But, you know, my concern now at this point is for, you know, I know we don't like to talk about this because it, it does seem callous, but the next man up kind of mentality that is the NFL, The Rock now firmly relies with Gus Edwards. And I don't know if Gus Edwards has the capability to be in every down back and kind of carry that load. Gus Edwards is a decent running back. Like I'm not, I'm, this is not meant to be a slight on Gus Edwards. I'm not here to shit on Gus Edwards. You're a decent player, Gus. I don't know if you're in every down back. So he's got some proving to do. You have free agents available. John, John Harbaugh better be doing his due diligence of working out some players. You've had cut downs. So you have guys available to you. Uh, now's the time to see what the Ravens come up with because they are in a win now kind of scenario. You have the quarterback, you have the defense. It's time. And Harbaugh needs to make the right decision. It's going to be short term. We get this. Dobbins is playing great, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah, I mean, it could have, I agree with you, it could have happened anytime. He could have slipped when he was going to get a drink in the middle of the night. Uh, most of these people actually do get hurt at home. Um, I, be, I believe Dobbins only worked in on about 23 or 26 plays. And of those plays, he only actually touched the ball on 10 of them. I mean, come on. Um, if Sony Michelle or Adam Jones goes down in game, uh, in game one or game three, they're still lost for the season. So, you know, I don't, I don't buy into players not playing at all during the preseason. It's unfortunate it happened. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm not of the mindset that this is a next man up mentality. You lost one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best college rushing, college rushing backs of college running backs of all time. We got to live with this. That's this is what it is. So yes, Gus Edwards can come in, but. I had the Ravens as like AFC championship contenders, possible Super Bowl contenders. That's gone now because you're not you're you're losing out on on. He was averaging six rush six yards per carry last year. That's ridiculous. That means you give him the ball twice and you get a first down. I mean, and now you couple that with Lamar Jackson, that's pretty lethal coming yeah, out of that. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I mean, it's gonna put a lot more stress on everybody else. Uh. But luckily for them, there are two running backs out there that do not have a job right now. Actually, there's three guys out there that do not have a job right now that you could easily take one of these guys on and they could fit in the offense really good. And that's Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, and Le'Veon Bell. So I, I, it's not going to be J.K. Dobbins, but it, they have the chance to fill the role and still compete for a championship. No, definitely. And because you have quality running backs available, you definitely, I wouldn't write them off just yet. 
I definitely need to see what they're going to come up with to kind of counteract the injury. But any of those three would definitely be an upgrade to pair with Gus Edwards. And I think that would, you're not going to replace Dobbins, right. but you are definitely going to, you're going to soften the blow. Another guy, like, I mean, if you didn't want to put that much, you know, put that much out there in terms of salary cap implications, if you didn't want to pay these guys that much, you also have a guy like Devontae Freeman who just got cut. If you really just want to have a running back by committee, if you don't want to hand, if you don't want to give it to one guy, but if we're going to do an impromptu order up, like who would you like of those three guys you mentioned, who would be number one in your list? I take El Bell because mm. the reason why he's not on a team right now is nothing to do with his physical ability. It has to do with his his antics, how he acts off the field and you know things like that. So as far as his ability is concerned, I mean, he, he can run the football and you bring him in. And you don't bring him in to be a starter. You're bringing him in to back up Gus Edwards. You're, you're going to be our third down back. Le'Veon Bell is your third down back. You know how huge that is? Maybe mm-hmm. even your goal line back. Give him an incentive and laden deal. And let's see what happens. One of the best things I liked about Bell was his ability to pick up the blitz. Not that that matters for Baltimore, but he, he's a good player. And he and Todd Gurley would be my second guy just because I'm not going to run Todd the way the Rams did and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have him out there as much as the Falcons did so he might get hurt but if I limit him to you know when what I need we should be okay and the last person I'd ha- I'd say on that list is Adrian Peterson for me and Devonta Freeman I don't really like Devonta Freeman because he, he I don't think he fits with the Ravens do he's mm. more of a west coast guy like he's more of I can catch the ball out of the backfield I can run past people where Ravens are, we're north-south, we're fucking, we're rushing the football, man. We're coming down your throat. I mean, they we're ASC led... north. Right, right, right. Yeah. We're shifty, but we're coming at you. And I don't I don't know if Freeman's built for that downhill football. Mm. And Adrian Peterson, he's hungry. He wants to play. So you're telling me Adrian Peterson can't be your third. He can certainly be the third down back. And we might be able to teach Gus Edwards a few but that would, you know, that would be great. This is some this is something that the front office of the Ravens have to look into especially the first couple of weeks. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type the fade store into the search bar and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in the fade store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep the fade route brand only at the fade store, only on teespring.com. Uh, but one of the things the Jaguars uh, did during cutdowns is they came out and said vaccinations were a main factor in their cutdown, which that was a big mistake because then they retracted that statement a couple of days later. But if vaccination status was a factor during cutdown day, big deal, little deal, or no deal? Well... It's a big deal because now you have the Players Association opening an investigation into your hiring practices. 
uh, also your decision making. This is one misstep after another with Urban Meyer. And this is the part of the maturation process that we were talking about as you transition from being a college coach where the buck stops with you and you are the program to now you are a spoke on the wheel and everything you do is going to have repercussions and you're going to you're going to have to face the music. So hopefully it falls on Urban Meyer. It's already fallen on Trent Balky as well, because at the end of the day, he is the GM of this team. So like he's making the personnel decisions. Obviously, you know, Urban Meyer is heavily involved in the input, but it's a bad look, man. It is a bad look, especially, you know, what's stopping people from like a class action lawsuit? Like what is uh, what is stopping the league and the players from doing that? So I, I, it's just not going to be conducive for his long term success. I understand from the standpoint of unvaccinated players if they test positive, one there's going to be financial sanctions. Two, there's potential forfeits. Like that is definitely something you don't want to you don't want to burden your team with, especially a team that's rebuilding. Like you're, you're, there are no expectations on this team. The, the, the only expectation, the only expectation is finish higher than Houston. Like that, that's it, you know. So at the end of the day, it's just a bad look, and it, it was even worse that you said it. Like it's one of those things that okay, like you can kind of brush under the rug. You don't talk about it. It's one of those things that's like, you know, a, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Like. This is what we're going to look for. This is going to be the make or break. And it's it's just another unforced error by Urban Meyer. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. It's a big deal from a legal standpoint. And this could be really huge. Uh, I don't think employment can be determined based on vaccination status for any job. Uh, you know, uh, I think if... I think if you're if you're between two players, and to you know in all in the in the war room, the scouts, the coaches were even were dead even on this guy. Usually the the GM or the owner has the final say. And in this situation, you want to go. You know what? We're dead even. This guy vaccinated. Yeah, he is. All right, let's go with this fact. Let's go with the vaccinated guy. If that's the case, I mean that's something you you keep internal. Right, mm-hmm. um, but letting that kind of information out—that's tough. And you know, it's just something that makes a guy more appealing, right? It's more appealing if the guy is vaccinated, especially. I'm sure during the year when teams are having guys come in and work out, they're probably gonna only bring in guys that are vaccinated because the chances of you bringing in someone who's not vaccinated to come work out your facility, and then he contaminates the whole the rest of the team that's a huge problem right i have i i have a problem with teams doing this but i understand why they would right that's the whole thing i have a problem with them making vaccination you know the the final deciding factor on if they're going to cut a player or keep a player but i understand why that's important right it's one less person that's going to spread this around and it's also the best ability is availability, right? And you can rely on this guy 100%. to be available and not contaminate the freaking team. So 
Uh, and you're you're right again though with Urban Meyer, another misstep. You know, it, this is stuff that probably would get thrown under the rug at Ohio State or not printed at Ohio State, right? But yeah. here, well, these reporters are are looking for the juice. I mean, they want to they want to post anything. It was interesting. I've been watching Hard Knocks with the Dallas Cowboys, and in their last game they played the Jaguars, and uh, when Meyer met McCarthy at midfield. You know, they were, ex- you know, exchanging pleasantries and McCarthy asked him, if you're, if you're having fun, he's like, it's different. He's like, it's, it's football. It's football all the time. And it's not, I'm worried about, you know, people going to class and dealing with ADs. It's it's football all the time. And I don't know if that's good for a Meyer, if it's bad for him, but we'll find out in the short term. because We absolutely has- will. Now, my question is this to you. You hear that. How do you interpret that? Like, you know, I, I know you, you're unsure, but like you hear something like that, right? You're just like, oh, shit. Or is it something like, you know, it, d- does that send off alarm bells that he's already thinking about leaving us? If you're bulky or if you're the <laughs> yeah, cons. Right, right. The, you know, the, when I first heard it, I in the moment, I was like, man, this guy sounds like he's in over his head. But then when I thought more about it, I was like, maybe he is a little relieved. But then again, I don't, I don't really know how much the AD and kids going to class really came across his desk. But I would assume that he was being honest in the moment. I don't think he's making that stuff up. So, uh, you know, initially, if I was bulky and I heard that, I'd probably spit out my water. But then when I would, you know, probably going to bed, when I'm going to bed at night, I'm thinking about it, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, this is probably a good thing, right? This is good. He, he's going to focus more on football. Yeah, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. And I don't know. Like, I'm of two minds about this. My first thing is that, yes, he's focusing more on football. He's one of the more brilliant football minds. And for him to focus solely on football, that's going to be very dangerous because – we can actually use this to our advantage. And the other side remembers that Urban Meyer has resigned multiple times, citing health and burnout. So like, are you, you know, are you burning the wick at both ends again? But how many of And then there's the third side of me, the cynical side. That's like, yeah, he resigned due to health air quotes and burnout air quotes, but he was also under the gun of an NCAA investigation. So he also much won, though. He won. Right. No, he's he a won. winner. He he, he wins at the collegiate level. No, I'm not going to dispute that. But. So, you know, that's yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it, it remains to be seen. His, his team has looked like trash during the preseason. I watched two of their games, and Trevor Lawrence may or may not die. Um, <laughs> defense is inept. And offensive line is worse than the Giants. So that goes without saying. So yeah, I mean, Carlos Hyde was the person who looked the best, and that's not good. That's not. Oh, good. no, and not at I all. Don't th- I don't think I saw Chark out there at all. And um, yeah, you got a steady diet of Lavisca Chanel, so you're gonna f- figure out whether or not he's good. That's for sure. And, but you know what? Like with the preseason, like I said before, it's Diet Coke. It's a it's a light Twinkie. Like you can't really take. You can't glean a lot from it. Records, throw it away. I mean, the, the Lions went 0-16 under Rod Marinelli. They went undefeated in the preseason. 
So kind of take it for what it's worth. Individual position battles, you know, you may learn something, you may not learn something. You may get, you, you may think you know something about a player and he gets exposed in week two or he gets hurt or, you know, back to the Lions, you do something stupid and you cut both your kickers. So it, it, that's the preseason <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Dan's going to go out there and kick the ball. It it is what it is. You know, the preseason is what it is. But, you know, you definitely, it's good that he's getting his feet under him and he's getting set. We're going to talk about that more next week in terms of, you know, what to expect. They're playing the Texans week one. So that'll cure everything. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB. Speaking of curing everything, no, that's not happening. Because even though the Mets have won five games in a row, you still have BS going on in Flushing. How appropriate that they play in Flushing. Instead of this week in Jets fuckery, it is this week in New York Mets fuckery. As you have Javi Baez not only coming up with a signature celebration that mocks the fans giving the thumbs down when he's really giving the middle finger, but you get your highest paid player in Lindor involved on it. You get Kevin Pillar who became a fan favorite after coming back two weeks after getting hit in the face. Uh, You get Taiwan Walker laughing about it on Twitter, a little laugh emoji. You get Marcus Stroman trying to blame the media and then the piece de resistance, the cherry on the shit Sunday, acting GM Zach Scott gets arrested on Tuesday morning for a DWI in White Plains. What are we doing here? Solid. What should the consequences be for all of this? I mean, I mean, listen, I uh, ownership had to step in. For mm-hmm. Baez, Lindor, Pilar, and the thumbs down situation, uh, it's understandable. I I didn't have a problem with what the players did, but if fans decided to re- retaliate, there would be a problem, right? The consequences are for Javi Baez, he's not getting a contract, right? It's just that he's he's not going to get picked up by the team next year. That's his consequence, and it's and. You're gonna. I know you're gonna disagree with me, but the consequences for Lindor is they need to start exploring trading him in the off season. Okay. If if the thumbs down 
was Lindor's idea. He needs to go. If the thumbs if the thumbs down was Javi Baez's idea and Lindor fought and Lindor followed suit, he still needs to go. The Mets are paying him so much money to be a leader in the clubhouse and a leader on the field, and he's yet to do either. I yield to you on the rest. Okay, so we are in agreement. Uh, Baez, he's small potatoes. He's the least of your Adios, problems. Muchacho. <laughs> goodbye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Just goodbye. You you suck as a Met, and I don't want to hear this crap. I, a little non sequitur, and then I'll get back to this. Sarah Spain of ESPN, how dare you blame the fans Right for stealing the joy of Javier Baez. He's a scrub. He has been a scrub for the Mets. He hit, what, two home runs. He made a sliding catch he had to travel 96 feet for, where if he was positioned properly, i.e. straight up at his position of shortstop, he would have had to walk out maybe 20 feet. Right? Oh, it's a fantastic play. Set him up straight up, and he doesn't have to make the fantastic play. He's been a net negative. You want to talk about Daniel Murphy being a net negative? This guy was the real net negative. Francisco Lindor, if if he ordered this, even if you ordered the cover-up, like, you're gone. Sorry, Finally. Buddy. Thank you. you. No, Finally. No. Like, you're gone. No, I'm sorry. You cannot do this. This is Bobby Bonilla 2.0. Except Bobby Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla got paid a hell of a lot less than this guy's getting paid. You cannot win a fight with the fans. This isn't Cleveland. This isn't Chicago. This isn't San Francisco. This isn't anywhere else. There, there's something I like to say. There's 49 other states, and then there's New York. And then, even within New York, there's the rest of it, and then there's New York motherfucking city. You cannot pull this crap in New York City. You will get found out. You will be punished for it in the court of public opinion. That is how this works. He went out. He did the right thing. Baez did the right thing. They apologized. This has to be it. You ha- It has to be done. Pilar, uh, he's an ancillary player on this team. He's a bench player. If you wanted to get rid of him, you could get rid of him. He's had a solid year. I like what he brought to the team up until this moment. You, you can't be doing this. Taiwan Walker imploded after the All-Star break. He's finally rounding back into form. And then Strowman, how many more times can I be clear about my feelings on Marcus Strowman? The dude's a clown. So if any of these guys are on the, on the Mets next year, I'd be surprised. Most likely it's going to be Lindor because he makes the most money. But you definitely can. I mean, if, if you find out that he ordered the code red, you definitely need to start putting your feelers out to see who will eat that money or at least absorb a percentage of it. As far as acting GM Zach Scott, that's a bad look. It is a it is a terrible look, considering the fact that, you know, we don't know exactly what he's been doing for this team because Sandy Alderson is kind of the specter that is over him. We don't know what Scott is allowed to do. Uh, he went on that interview. He won the interview with WFAN and said how the team was playing mediocre. I felt that was refreshing. He was honest. Like, oh my God, honesty, right? But then he goes and does this after pulling that. So there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. But 
He's interviewing for the job since he still hasn't had his interim tag removed. It wouldn't surprise me if he's gone either. But I'm hesitant to go after the big fish if I'm Steve Cohen because Theo Epstein is that big fish. And who were two of his lieutenants? Jared Porter and Zach Scott. What's your view on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a mess. You know, (laughs) I've talked to some people that I know inside the organization and they and some of them are saying this is worse than when the will ponds were here that's bad that's bad um i don't know what's worse is that he was he was leaving uh a fundraiser cohen hosted right or put yeah. together that you got bang, that banged up that you parked your toyota a couple of blocks away from the police station and decided to fall asleep are you are you are you what like what are you thinking why wouldn't you just i don't know uber home or how about the ritz carlton's in white plains why don't you roll up there and go to sleep there like what's the matter with you 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 can't make a decision like this and we want you to go out and find talent for the new york mets to put on the field I don't. He doesn't get a pass on this. I mean, it's 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 unex, it's inexcusable. I mean, if I'm responsible enough to know that when I'm leaving a place, that I'm not gonna fall asleep behind the wheel a couple blocks away from a police station, I'm gonna go to a hotel or have someone else drive me home or get an Uber. There's just no excuse. There's no excuse. Or how about this? Don't drink as much. It was 4:17 in the morning. I've gone to the bars in White Plains. I've left at 2 a.m. 3 a.m. and I've always gotten home without having any problems. What's what? Why can't you do the same thing? Yeah. And God, and God forbid, right? That he accidentally put the car in drive, and God forbid there was somebody walking down the street. You know? How about like, you don't have that- any friends in White Plains, dude? Give me a call. I'll come and pick you up. I'll drop you at my cousin's house who lives in White Plains. Like seriously, there's just no excuse for that. There's there's no excuse. No, there's no excuse for it at all. Absolutely not. None of these guys, it, it wouldn't surprise me if any of them were were gone. But, but you, you mentioned Theo. Theo ain't coming to New York. No way. He no shouldn't. Way. No way. He uh, shouldn't, and I wouldn't time. want him. Don't even waste his time. It's not worth his time. You can't sell him on this at all. There's nothing here. Not the way this team is acting in a in what there's they had a six or seven game lead what in July gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's terrible. The, but it, the, but another, the National another, League East, man, it's just like it is completely. Like, we said it was going to be entertaining, but we didn't. We thought it was going to be good entertaining, not like steaming pile of shit. Yeah, well, the NL East is entertaining, and so is the Ben Simmons and Philadelphia 76ers situation. Looks like Ben wants out. He's starting to sandbag the franchise. How do you feel about this? Oh, man. I'm a chicken that Daryl Morey really needs to reconsider. His stance is, I want a star player, and I want multiple first-round picks. The problem is, is that we all have eyes. We saw Ben Simmons' performance. You can't gaslight us on this, man. You can't sell us on the potential of what Ben Simmons can be for you if you just give us De'Aaron Fox and four number one picks. Or if you give us, you know, 
name a star player and four four other picks. Like, you can't do you, you can't do that. Like we saw it. Sorry, he's not a good shooter. He's not a great fit. He's a good defender. He's a good passer. He he's not what you think he is. Now, you either have you have two choices if you're Daryl Morey. You take fifty cents on a dollar, and you get you call the Warriors Wiseman and a first. That'll probably net you Simmons, or you suck it up. Like you're gonna have to play this guy, and he's gonna have to come in. Like he need, Ben Simmons is not blameless in this. He has performed poorly, and now he's put it out in the media. He needs to understand that his value is very low. So you may want out. But you may end up in a situation that is far worse than the Philadelphia 76ers, who were the number one overall team in the East last year. Let's not forget that. So he needs to play better. Maury needs to put him in a position to play better to increase that trade value. So maybe he does get the De'Aaron Fox and four number one pick package or something from the, the Wolves. I think they want to pair him with Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and uh, he, they want to put a big four together in Minnesota. So, you know, is he sandbagging the franchise? Yes. But can he help himself out by actually going into camp and improving the trade stock? Absolutely. Because I'm sure Get Daryl Morey would be happy to unload this guy. Well, I mean, I, I think the franchise took shots at him first, right? Because you had Doc Rivers yep. come out after the game, after the series lost to Atlanta, and he really didn't have his back, you know, saying that he wasn't sure if Ben could be the point guard on a championship team. That's tough to take. That's 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 tough to hear right after a series loss. And then yeah. next you had Joel Embiid throw Ben under the bus after the after the series loss saying, you know, we needed to make big shots and we needed to not turn the ball over. We need to make free throws. And these are all things that Ben you know, really did the last two games. I mean, this team was up big in that series, right? They, I think they blew a lead of 22 points, 16 points, and I want to say like eight points. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, it was, it was, it was a collapse. I applaud Ben for sandbagging them, and I hope he ends up in a better situation. But the other side of me, the other side of me, looks at this and says, "Well, dude." We liked you so much that we gave you $200 million. The only thing we need you to do is just to be a good basketball player. Not a great one, just a good one. And shoot the ball. Uh, make free throws. Simple shit. And he, he can't do it. No. Um, from what I've gathered, uh, he work, he's, he's one of Rich Paul's guys. He's a clutch sports guy. They literally want to go anywhere but Philadelphia. So I'm pretty sure this... This whole Ben Simmons on the 76ers is over. But at at this point, it's up to Daryl Morey, right? Like, the ball is in his court. Ben Simmons wants out. More than likely, he's going to hold out. you got to come off your stance, right? You have to come off your asking price at this point, if you're Daryl Morey. Yeah. um, Yeah, at some point, he's going to. No one's going to give him what he's asking for. And it, you know, it's pretty much a, it's pretty much a wrap. Like, it's the 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 thing is, is now you now that everybody knows that Ben isn't coming back. Now, you're what you hope to get. Divide that by like half or or a quarter, because now we're like, 
you're gonna have to deal him. So we'll just wait to see, you know, how little you're gonna deal him for. You know, that's basically what's happened. Yeah, it's a game of chicken, and we're gonna see who blinks first. Calling all armchair food critics from the creators of As You Eat It on YouTube and the Fade Route with DNZ on Anchor comes a brand new food podcast series. As I see it, hosted by me, Z. We're going to delve into the world of competition cooking shows and break it down for you from the delicious to the ridiculous and everywhere in between. As I see it, we're going to have a great time. That's As I See It podcast available on Anchor. Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Spread the word, spread it wide. Like, subscribe, and share. Listen to As I See It today. The Wheel Route. All right, boys and girls, it is now time for our NFL preview, and we're going to do it a special way this year. We're going to bring back the wheel route. That's right. I have a wheel, and I'm going to spin that wheel, and whatever we talk about, whatever we land on, that's what we're talking about. And just be ready, because I think you're going to be surprised with some of these topics. You ready, D? Let's do it. All right, here we go. MVP of the league. Who you got? Uh, they love giving this award to quarterbacks. So I'm just going to go and say it's going to go to Mahomes, right? That's the safe bet. I'll follow that up with Rodgers or Brady. I can't picture it going any, anywhere outside of that. <laughs> well, you are right about that. There's definitely a quarterback-driven award. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers last year... You had Mahomes, you have Lamar Jackson, you, uh, every, everybody that of note has an MVP under their belt. You know, father time, it's not time yet. Tom Brady is going to take this one. I think he is going to rally around the troops again and drive them forward. And he's going to have one of the best statistical years of his career. And I really... It sounds about right. It's, it's Tom, right? At this point, that's what we expect. Sounds about yeah. right. The, the Tom being Tom. Uh, as far as dark horse candidates, I like Ryan Tannehill of the Titans. If they have a really good year and Julio Jones is as advertised and the Titans are what we think they're going to be, I think Ryan Tannehill could be an outside sleeper candidate. Yeah. I, the only thing with Ryan Tannehill is I'm worried about the Titans. Uh, a lot of them have been hurt in mm. camp, uh, and they haven't really all played together. Um, and they had a COVID situation too. So, With Tannehill. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'd I'd like to see him win. I mean, it's great. I just I'd also like to see a non-quarterback win. Like, it's not all about the quarterback, man. There are better players out there. Like, give it to a running back. Give it to a corner. Give it to safety. Give something different. Let's change it up. No, I agree. I agree. Last year, we both thought it should have been Dalvin Cook or 
Derrick Henry. Take your pick. At that point, take your pick. Even Alvin Kamara. Like, you take your pick. But this is, it is what it is. And I think, I mean, we understand that. Most knowledgeable fans understand that. So I think it's a safe bet to go with the quarterback. All right, here we go. Number two. Big money, big money. Fantasy bust of the year. Oh, that's easy for me. I'm gonna go Derrick Henry. Uh, he's currently going. Yeah, he's only he's currently going top five in drafts, and I just think it's going to be hard to have back to back two thousand yard seasons. So, if you're asking him to do what he did last year not going to do that if you're asking him what he did two years ago where i think he had something like 1500 yards and 15 or 16 touchdowns i, I just don't think he's going to get that value i think you can get it from a Tariq Hill and alvin kamara um guys a, a nick chubb you can get it from guys like that which you can take you know later than five that's a fair analysis that's for sure uh, I also like just for transparency's sake and my thought process out there. I didn't consider guys like McCaffrey and Barkley and Beckham, guys that don't play and who probably aren't going to play. <laughs> guys that don't play, <laughs> like, like you that. know, like the, the guys that went number one and two in your draft that are not going to play. Yeah, like, you're right. You're so, right. You're right. Guys, like, it's time for a come to Jesus meeting. They're not going to play. That's sucker shit. <laughs> that is sucker shit right there. It's like drafting Larry Johnson like 10, 15 years ago. Like the dude wasn't going to play. So the bust of the year for me, based on guys who are going to play, and I don't, you know, this may not be a stretch for you, Juju, you're looking at last year, he only had 831 yards. He, I mean, he had nine touchdowns, which is great. I think that's going to fall back with a full, you know, full year of a Chase Claypool that's actually, you know, a known quantity. So I think that he got paid. So that's something else that we need to kind of see. And he's already a head case. He's already a clown. Did you see the video of him doing that stupid crate challenge? Oh, no. Did yes. He? Juju did the crate challenge. So I... I just was looking to see if he corvetted down, but apparently he didn't. He made it down, but that's the mentality of this guy. And Tomlin do you really love that? Oh, Tomlin must have lost his shit. If I'm Tomlin, I'm like, what do we pay him this money for? Like, who signed off on that? But you know, well, it's it, a one. He's got one year. It's only one year. It's yeah, one year, I'm but pretty sure he's he's on a one year deal. He's got to really uh, play well. Yeah, but then that's the mindset of this guy. Like, I'm going to possibly injure myself doing this. Like, eh, like that. I'm sorry, man. That's just, that's a huge red flag for me. And I expect a huge step back from Mr. Smith Schuster. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. First coach fired. Who you got? This is a tough one. I think it's going to be Coach Zimmer for the Minnesota Vikings. And I hate to speculate on someone getting fired from their job, but again, just going back to looking at the preseason, I mean, Minnesota Vikings look like dog shit. Uh, just god awful. Maybe even John Gruden. If they get off to a really bad start, like if they lose like their first four or five games, 
could it be it for Gruden? Yeah. So those are my two. I, it's hard for me to see anybody else outside of that getting canned. Uh, those are definitely possible. Zimmer, very likely. There were expectations for that team just as, just as more recently as last year. So I think it's definitely possible. Gruden is Gruden, you know, at this point in his career. So viable. I think, and this is tied to an injury. So if Joe Burrow does not make it through the year again, Zach Taylor's gone. Really? Okay. It was his opportunity. It was their responsibility to protect this guy. And that responsibility ultimately falls on the GM and the head coach. So it would not surprise me if the if the Cincinnati Bengals clean house, if this kid gets hurt again and has to miss more time. A more realistic, I mean, that's definitely a realistic one, but another one, probably Mike McCarthy. That's probably really? more likely because again, as unrealistic as it is, the Dallas Cowboys have expectations, right? They're America's team, and they haven't been in the freaking playoffs since when? They haven't won a Super Bowl since when? But, oh, it's America's team. And Jerry Jones might not put up with this shit for a, He might, you know, he's getting older. His trigger just might be a little bit shorter. So Yeah, I just don't know if they would pull the trigger on Mike in the season. I don't think Jerry's the kind of guy that fires someone in the middle of the season season but i mean they were looking good with dak before he got hurt so i'm curious to see if if it picks up where it left off or if he's rusty because he hasn't played <laughs> so it'll be we'll see what happens yeah and what about one of these you know what how would you feel about like a guy like naggy like we, we talk about naggy all the time he's got a freaking winning record but somehow like he's always on the hot seat same for the floor like would it would it surprise you, especially in light of the Aaron Rodgers thing? Would it surprise you if either one of those guys went? It would because uh, I I have Chicago doing well this year, mm. and like I said, he has an overall over 500 record. So it's hard to say. Oh, if they even struggle this year with Andy Dalton um, until they put in the kid, it, it, it would be hard for me to see that happen for the first coach to get fired. And then in the LaFleur situation, the Packers have been in the, the NFC Championship game the last two years. Aaron's on his way out. You can't take LaFleur out now. He's supposed to be the guy that's going to coach this Jordan Love dude to be <laughs> to be the starter here. We all listen to him, so this is this is his mess. He's got to see this through. True. I mean, if you were going to do it, you would have done it by now. You know, just right. to appease just to appease Aaron Rodgers. I just right. hope that Aaron Rodgers appeased us by getting a haircut. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. Last one. Here we go. Your Super Bowl matchup. Oh, man. So it's funny because I've been thinking about the Super Bowl matchup for like the last couple of weeks now. And up until I'd say about two days ago, I was feeling pretty confident my selection but now i'm i've changed it right mm -hmm. just based on what i've you know collected information so i can take it a step further i can tell you who i have in the championship games and i can tell you who i have in the super bowl and i have <laughs> i have the washington football team taking on the new orleans saints in the NFC championship game and then i have 
Browns, the Buffalo Bills taking on the Cleveland the Cleveland Browns in the AFC Championship Whoa. game. And I have Nola playing Buffalo in the Super Bowl. That's what I have. Wow. That is bold. Yeah. That is big. That is bold. Yeah. Um, um, that's, that's what I got, man. That's what I got. You're a swashbuckler. I appreciate that. That that's that is impressive. That is just, impressive. Yeah, just thinking a full full year, um, you know, training camp and putting teams together, and you're gonna get the best of everybody this year. And listen, I love Tom. I'm not saying Tom's not gonna make a deep run. You know, I think he's gonna do well. It's just you know, when you bring back all the starters, I don't know how well that translates. Because I don't know if the fire is there for everybody. Injuries could play a factor. And on the AFC side, I don't know. I thought that I, I think Pat Mahomes and company are great. I think they play really well. But there are teams that are catching up in different ways. I'm not saying they're going to you know, be able to beat them by 40 or go on a shootout. But you never know what happens in any given Sunday, man. It's not always clear cut. No, absolutely not. And that's definitely, you know, it's a very well-reasoned argument for sure. <laughs> for, for me, for the NFC, I'm taking a rematch. I am taking a rematch in the NFC title game. Like Those are, in my opinion, head and shoulders, the two best teams. The Rams may, you know, the Rams are talented. But these guys, I know I've seen it with my own eyes. They're not, I mean... They have to reintegrate Matthew Stafford into that team. So, like, the Rams are definitely talented. The Cardinals are talented. You have teams that are bubbling up, like you said. But I got a feeling we're going to see a rematch. And as far as the AFC side, this one's definitely hard because you ha- you can take your pick of a bunch of teams that you can choose, right? The Bills, the Browns, a resurgent Patriot team, a surging Dolphins team. The, the Chiefs. Hell, I, would it surprise you if Teddy Bridgewater led the Broncos and that defense to the title game? No, it wouldn't surprise me. It no, wouldn't surprise and, me at all. I, I actually think they're going to be. I think they're going to be very good. I do, because uh, I, I think Fangio has his defense this year. Right? He's got the safety from Alabama. He's got Chubb, and he's got um, what's his name on the other on the other side. They're going to be. They're going to be ready to go. Yeah. And you got a healthy Von Miller. You got, That's you know, you're going to Von Miller and Chubb yeah. on the outside. Yeah. You got the safety from Alabama. The only issue is, is they're going to beat each other up in that division, right? Because he's got to play the Chargers twice. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And he's got to play the Chiefs twice. That's tough. And then Oakland, we all kind of agree they're going to be in the cellar. Yeah. But you know what you're going to get with Teddy, right? You're going to get efficiency. True. He's not going to turn the ball over. And you really just need the defense to stop people. They're built to do that. So, yeah, that's why. I mean, it's going to be a hard-fought one. I've, you know, I've molded over a bunch of different permutations. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Like, I can't believe this is these words are going to come out of my mouth. I got the Cleveland Browns in the AFC title game. Right? As crazy as that sounds, you think all oh, Baker Mayfield is going to take a step back? You know, possibly. He's going to be there. Like he's definitely going to be there. But that he team can't, right? T- he can't take a step back this year. This is his oh, contract year. This is he it. He can't. And this no. guy, this guy, his whole life has always come to play. 
Like he he started out with Texas Tech and he worked his way to get to Oklahoma. He went to Oklahoma and he showed up. You know, he he was he was taken number one overall. So this is this is his time to shine. I have a hard time believing he's not gonna shine. I just yeah, I agree. And his opponent in this championship game, Lamar Jackson and your Baltimore Ravens. Injury be damned. But I think they will plug that hole and they'll still be able to get to that level. But this is no this is no slight on Josh Allen. This is no slight on anybody. I just think that if they're going to do it, now is the time. So you're going to have the Ravens versus the Browns and it's revenge for the city of Cleveland. They're going to slay the Baltimore Ravens and they're going to be in the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers are taking it home. That's I'm calling it right now. Like I've said a million times, a pissed off Aaron Rodgers is a dangerous Aaron Rodgers. And he'll walk off to, into the sunset with his middle finger in the air. That's just that's just what I see. But what do you guys see? Hit us up. FadeRouteMail at gmail.com. FadeRoutePodcast on IG. Or slide in those DMs at FadeRouteDNZ on Twitter. And let us know what your picks are. Need a little inspiration in the kitchen? Want to try something new? Or maybe you just need a new YouTube cooking show to binge? Well, I have the answer for all three. As You Eat It, hosted by me, Z. I invite you into my home and show you methods designed to empower and inspire you in the kitchen. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's As You Eat It, available only on YouTube. AZ. You eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. Order up. All right, boys and girls, we are two, two divisions away from completing our order up order up order up this week we are ordering up one of the beasts of the east the nfc east from four to one who you got d uh okay uh i hate to hurt your feelings here but i have the giants in the basement uh (laughs) just based on what i see in the preseason this team is awful um they are not committed on saquon Barkley, which leads me to believe he's not fully recovered and they're going to really be limiting his snap counts. And he's the most dynamic player they have on offense. Their offensive line is going to probably be charged with murder halfway through the season because I think Daniel Jones is going to die because they're so terrible. And uh, he just doesn't have people to throw to. Um, I, I don't know what the results of Evan Ingram's um, MRI were, but he hurt his thigh or his leg. Um, so Kyle Rudolph's going to have to step in. And I... Uh, I just, I don't see good things coming from the, the New York football Giants this year. At three, kind of hurts me to say this because it's my fantasy quarterback, uh, but I have the Eagles. Uh, this just comes down to coaching. I just don't think uh, Nick Sirianni's really ready. It's going to take some time for him to get going. Uh, and they're just middle of the road offensively and defensively. I think Miles Sanders will have a good year. 
and I think um, I think Jalen Hurts will play well, even though I got a little nervous because they signed a backup quarterback, but and Gardner Mishu. But um, I think I think they'll be okay. They're just going to be third. I actually have Dallas coming in second. Uh, I think Dak is a big question mark. His ability to play at a high level and the defense. Uh, I don't know if Dan Quinn could fix everything in one year. I mean, we saw what Atlanta was last year. So, I mean, is he really going to make these guys play that much better? The only thing that helps Dallas is they're in a terrible division for offense offensively. So the defense may be okay, but I don't really have a lot of belief in their defense. But offensively, as long as Dak is healthy, they should play well. And number one. I have the Washington football team, which is why I had them going all the way to the title game. Uh, I think they have the best defense in the league with Sweat and Young coming off the ends. They're going to feast on Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts for four games. And uh, look at what they did last year. I believe I could be I could be. Uh, not correct on this, but in the wild card game against the Bucks, I believe the Washington football team had three sacks on Tom Brady. Tom Brady only got sacked three times for the rest of the playoffs. So, wow. So imagine if they had a competent quarterback in that game, they might've won that game. Um, and Fitz, Fitzpatrick just needs to be magical. And this might be his time to shine. Uh, I think he has a, a better. <coughs> excuse me. I think he has a better QBR than Deshaun Watson. I think he's uh, been more effective at certain points more than Tom Brady. So I think he has a chance to be the Cinderella story. Good picks, but definitely, you know, notwithstanding the Giants in last place. We didn't but, do the same yeah. again, did we? We did not do the same. Okay, no, good. we did not do the we same. Have a habit That's of doing that. Well, only with the AFC North, because we have such a our thing. Is it, it's a predictable. Pre- is that it's, either pre- it's either predictable or we follow it so closely. I like to think that we follow it so closely. We have our fingers on the pulse of that division. Uh, as far as the NFC East goes, last place I have the Eagles. Their skill position group. It doesn't really excite me. Uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't excite me as a quarterback. Sirianni doesn't excite me as a coach. At some point, I think Minshew is going to play, and he's going to get an extended playing time. And if that happens, they're done up. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. And this all boils down to the health of one man. It boils. See, you're coughing. See, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. It True. boils down to health. It boils down to health. And that one man is Mr. Dakota Prescott. Dak Prescott needs to be healthy for this team to be successful. And I am not sold on that after seeing his leg pop out of his socket. You know, and now the dude's got a shoulder problem. So, hey, you know, like that gives me some pause. Number two, by default, I'm looking at the New York Giants. And that is not whoa, because whoa. that is not that is not because of Saquon Barkley and is not because of Daniel Jones. And not because it's you're the, a fan. And it's not because I'm a fan. If it was the fa- if I was the fan, I would have put him in the Super Bowl. Like if I was an unrealistic Giant fan, it would have been in the Super Bowl. This division is the drizzling shits. So let's be real here. Weli, I'm not sold on Weli. Like I think at some point they're going to end up signing Cam Newton. I think he will play at least two games as a New York Giant next year, and that scares the shit out of me. 
And as far as Saquon Barkley goes, what, what did I say before in our in our season preview? He ain't playing. So you're going to have to rely on Galladay. You're going to have to rely on Slayton. You're going to have to rely on Shepard. Rudolph. Ingram's a bust. Ingram's a bust. We just accept it. Move on. At the end of the day, that giant offensive line is going to be the key unit because the defense plays. The defense is good. I think we can agree on that. But are they going to make the jump offensively to get them where they need to go? And I, I, things have to break right for this to happen. But you know what? Stranger things have happened. And we are in agreement on the number one team. Hail to the football team. Gibson, McLaurin, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You have Logan Thomas, a good tight end. You want to see how to take a quarterback and turn him into a tight end. That's how you do it. And that defense plays. That defense definitely plays. My only concern is Fitzmagic is usually only about six games. So they figure it out. That's the thing. Like they, they need to either get a competent backup if they don't believe in Taylor Heineke or intersperse Fitzy to where his Fitzmagic is kind of sprinkled over the season instead of like front loaded for the for the first six games but that's our four to one what's your four to one hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms fade route dnz on twitter or fade route podcast on ig and let us know what you think this has been the fade route with dnz thanks for tuning in tonight you can usually catch our podcast on wednesday nights on anchor spotify or on all other premium outlets where you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.